Welcome to Former Hardware to Ecstasy, the podcast. I am your host, Owokwa, the Intimacy Maven. This podcast is for women to be turned on by who they are and the conscious relationship they attract. So are you ready? Are you ready for more love, for more intimacy, for more pleasure, and for more ecstasy in your life and your relationships? Yes, it is time for us women to know and remember that we have a choice. A choice to say no, a choice to have kids, a choice to be unique, a choice to be in a relationship. But for you to execute that choice, you need to know who you are. So welcome to your self-intimacy journey for more spiritual, intellectual, physical, and emotional intimacy so that you can soar as a woman, so that you can be, and so that you can release what is no longer serving you. You got this love. You got this We did it! This is the first episode for From Heartbreak to Ecstasy. I'm so excited and we are starting with someone that is dear to my heart, Chelsea Lee Trescott. So let's get to know Chelsea. Chelsea is a breakup coach and the podcast host of Thank You Heartbreak. She used to be an advice columnist for the Huffington Post and her personal essays have been published in four books and all across the internet. In her 20s, her main demons in life were depression, disorders, and a dependency on relationships. She then challenged herself and dared to be single, to heal herself and her wounds. She then created this movement, Break Upward, for others to break up with the beliefs and relationships that dim their light and limit their expansion. So let's welcome Chelsea. Yeah. Oh my God. I love listening to you and seeing you shine. Thank you for that. So let's start with your journey to California. Yeah. My journey back to California. You know, I think that even becoming a breakup coach, obviously I didn't know it then when I was living in California, uh, 10 years ago. Um, or 12 years ago, I had moved there and I was there for a dream, you know, a dream to be in a nonfiction writing program. And it's so interesting. I think that in my life, at least, um, when things really were accelerating in the direction I had always dreamed of, I would end up veering off course and getting a relationship, thinking that um, in order to really chase or pursue or believe in myself enough to continue on with my dreams, um, that I needed love in my life. So when I moved to California, I once again got into a long distance relationship, um, totally unrealistic. He was in Montreal, but he was a fan of my writing. And I thought that that would help me believe in myself. And what should have been like a two week adventure going to meet him became a four year relationship. And I'll never forget when he came out to California to meet me and he immediately shut down around the the vision really of what my life actually looked like and um, how I was working on set and I was being social and I didn't know it then, but I was really prioritizing someone else's comfort over my mm -hmm. own. And so California back then and why I wanted to go back after 10 years 
um, back then, it, it really like how I looked at it was, it wasn't that this person was breaking my heart, it was that I was breaking my own heart. And there had been a pattern of that in my life. And I was breaking my own heart because again, it should have been a two week adventure. And I ended up giving up, you know, the film stuff. I ended up giving up my sh social life. And I really made it about him and waiting for him to arrive. Mm -hmm. And I had been scared for a long time as I think can happen to us that um, I actually haven't gotten better, you know, and um, it's been a long journey to get better after so much depression, after so much isolation, after losing my own voice. But I wanted to return finally to California after 10 years when I had built it up so much in my head. But, you know, I wanted to see if, um, if I had really uh, improved or was it just New York City that was making me happy? So um, I went back, though I went back, and it's just wild how this happens, again, patterns. And I'd really created the same dynamic, I guess. I had um, started talking to a guy that came on my podcast six months ago, who was also a writer, just like my ex-boyfriend back then. And, we, um, and, and he was very similar. He was very introverted. He uh, was admiring me from afar. But up close, when I met him, I saw, saw him too shut down around who I am and who I've become in the last 10 years. And I realized that going back to California, you know, it was like the circumstances were similar to my life back then 10 years ago, it felt like with this guy, the housing situation, um, when I was out there, I was actually only seven minutes from where I used to live. So it was always, it was really coming full circle. Um, but when I went back, I saw, um, how one, I had to really like reparent myself and talk to myself differently in the same situation. And two, like really choosing myself this time. And before when I would have really felt heartbroken about someone's response to me or their behavior or the differences between us. I never liked seeing that. I never really honored that. It was always like threatening to me. Like these differences kind of were proof that our lives didn't go well together. I used to cry and cry and cry or ask questions and press or, you know, make it all about the guy that I was with to kind of, you know, remove my attention from the reality of the situation. And when I went back to California this time, you know, I saw myself not doing that. And there was such value and seeing the ways that I've been able to rely on myself or rely on the voice that I now have that I didn't have back then. And the ability not only to befriend myself, but to befriend other people. Um, and even when the guy that I was with was um, intimidated by that or wanted the focus just on him, um, choosing that that wasn't the intention of the trip actually. Um, and that was just a really, really powerful thing for me to see that 10 years later, I had kind of created a situation to actually not try to find love through this person returning to California, but to have it be a test to myself and really see how far I've come. Wow. Wow. Powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And what were the patterns that you uncovered? I know that you mentioned a bit of it, but if you want to go deeper for us. Yeah, I think that one pattern, you know, that I really see is that looking back and it's like, what type of person have I been attracting during these times? Um, and why is that? Like, why would I be attracting these deeply, deeply, uh, just, you know, traumatized often 
um, people with trauma that were, that were really wearing it and deeply introverted people when I was really looking to come alive in the world and to really put myself out there and get out there, why would I be choosing people that were isolated? And the truth is, is like the pattern that I detect detected is that I was choosing these people because I was choosing them at a time when I was in a really low place. And so I was finding people, and you hear this all the time, that are mirroring you, that are matching you. And I did that all the time because I didn't want to feel ashamed of where I was. I wanted to find a guy that could accept those qualities. And so I had done that this time too. When I met the guy that came on my podcast, I was in, I was so heartbroken by life. I, it was so debilitating and disorienting. I hadn't felt like that in years. And so I didn't want to be dating in New York City. I really wanted to take a break. And, but I found someone that could accept me then, which was nice, but it really wasn't about acceptance as much as it was about mirroring. Like I, he met me when I was depressed and low. And so I transformed this time when I met him during the six months that we had been talking, instead of doing what I normally did, and that was part of the pattern of just remaining like them and focusing on them and staying home and talking to these long distance relationships, I did something differently with this person, is I let this person be someone that was interacting with me in my life and I was excited to share with, but I kept on moving myself forward in my life in New York when I was going through this low place. So when I actually met him this time, I wasn't in the same place that he had met me under, mm -hmm. but that meant that I also wasn't like him. Our energies were so different. So one pattern was realizing, you know, where was I? when I attracted relationships that were not a match for me, that were really unrealistic. How did I get to choosing that? And so it's not always about looking about like why things ended, but why did things begin in the first place? So that's one pattern I would say. Um, another pattern, you know, uh, I used to, like I said, like I would see differences or I would hear someone say something to me, or I would not like the behavior. That was a big thing. The behavior would feel like it would break my heart. And I used to give into all those emotions and want to understand it. Just give me reasons and I go and work with them. And I'll make it work and I'll adjust to them and it will give me compassion for them. Give me more of the story about why. This time, same situation, like for example, you know, my, an ex at the time in California, you know, 10 years ago, he would meditate. He would remove himself from me and avoid me and meditate. And I used to, why are you meditating? Why are you, you know, the same guy, you know, recently when I went to California, same thing. He was two, two and a half hours late because he had to meditate. But when he came and arrived, I just said, I'm not going to ask him why he's meditating. I see the behavior that I've been waiting for him. It does not feel right. And instead of asking for why, I can say for myself, I don't want that behavior in my life. It's just not where I'm at. And people can choose to stay and work with it. But especially when you're dating and someone's not giving you context for why they're even doing these things, you know, choosing that I, I don't have to like the behavior and I, have to don't, I don't have to understand why it's happening. So that was a big pattern as well. Um, and then, you know, I used to really get stuck in place. I used to really just go back into my world. You know, I used to isolate myself. And this time around, it was crazy, but I, you know, I, I'm in LA. I haven't been there. I've been terrified about going back. I don't know anyone. 
and I kept on moving. I kept on moving when, you know, things wouldn't go right with him or he would, again, he would always be late for things or tell me he would. And I'm like, all right, there's a hotel bar here. So I'll just go to the bar. You know, I'll sit down by myself. I'll order a drink. I'll talk to the bartender. I'll talk to the people around me and then I'll go meet him. Or until he gets here, I'm going to talk to people or he's canceling. So who can I reach out to that has come on the podcast before or someone introduced me to? And they're not my best friend, but maybe I can go see them. And even if they say no, it's momentum forward in my life rather than sinking back and waiting on someone else to invite me into the world or make me feel comfortable. And so that was a pattern and choosing to do it differently. I think that we can punish ourselves when we see that. And people have said this to me, oh my God, here's your pattern again. So you punish yourself for, oh my God, I'm back in the same place. But I see it as patterns are a part of us. And the only way we go into a new stage of our lives is if we see the pattern that's playing out and we say, this is a test. This is a challenge to me. Don't be ashamed that this is happening. This is the test. This is the moment. Will you behave differently? Are you going to interact differently with the experience that is at hand? So instead mm -hmm. of be punishing and feeling ashamed of myself for being where I was, I said, okay, this is the moment. This is the moment for me. This is the moment where I can prove to myself that I, you know, in my words have, I did break upward. So, yeah. Wow. Very powerful. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. The next one is, Tell us more about like using your body to inspire love. Mm. Yeah, a cautionary tale. A cautionary tale. <laughs> I know. We had a um, little conversation with that, right? <laughs> oh my God, which I love you for. Um, I think that, you know, again, even going back to California and just a history of relationships like this is you know, loving, loving being intimate and loving being sexual, but also using those opportunities to confirm or validate or provide more evidence or help me connect in the moment with the person I supposedly loved. And I remember being so in my head all the time and that feeling like the biggest betrayal to even, you know, someone else, you know, it's almost like I never thought I was performing, but was I performing? You know, mm. so I remember thinking that, oh my God, I was always in my head, but I always wanted to have sex because I wanted to have this be the moment that reminded me I am in love. Oh my God, feel this. I am in love. Or other times, you know, when I was really, really feeling the connection, thinking that it was proof that the other person felt it as well. This is, this, this is a proof that we are feeling something. We're inspiring love in each other. But that really eventually just showed me, no, this is that I'm becoming more and more present, that I am expressing myself more. And this is about me. And so, you know, when I went back to LA and I found out that the person that I was going to see and I've been speaking to for six months and I haven't had sex in a year. So I've been really becoming intentional because I can either be so wild and reckless or I have to be very intentional. I went through this period of being very intentional, like really realizing I was being reckless with my body and uh, was flying out there in 24 hours before he told me that he has herpes. And in the past, I would have really wanted to have compassion for this. And, you know, he spent six months talking to me and bringing me out of my shell again and look where I'm at, you know, giving it to him. And so I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I don't, 
actually feel like we've fallen into love. So I'm not going to take the risk and use my body to try to inspire love, like see that I actually feel this way about him or find confirmation from him that he feels this way or try to have a deeper connection with him than we're able to do just by talking, by using sex. And so I think that, you know, I've spoken to so many women that that think that they are going to be chosen through sex, that they can, you know, be better than the last person. So this is why, and, and women that just please men all the time, all the time that have never had, like, never, it's never the other way around, but to inspire love, to inspire devotion, to inspire connection. And um, that's the cautionary tale. And I would just say that, you know, really choosing who we do that with. And again, it doesn't mean you can't be wild. I, I find value in that too, but knowing why you're doing it um, and uh, telling people what your intentions are and then really remembering that, you know, the most beautiful form um, of intimacy is really presence. So if you're in your mind and you're questioning things while you're having sex, that is not a good sign. And it's not a good thing to do to your body and it's unfair to the other person. So using sex for presence and also remembering that it's not always a story about you and the other person, it's a story about you at this time. And sex is a form of self-expression and to really look at that. Wow, I love it. Thank you for sharing. Now, if you can share, I think we mentioned like you'll have a breakup I mean, break up word assignment. Are you reading on that? Yeah. So, I mean, I did provide the workbook. So there's so many like detailed exercises. So I was thinking about something that's small. I think okay. that, you know, it can feel, um, you know, we can think that, you know, change happens in big leaps, but I think it really starts small. So I would say like one thing is, um, especially if you're single, you know, I think that we feel like we can't be in love or, or show that until we're with someone. So I would say at night, you know, say aloud, like, I love you and try to find the people throughout the day. Like, I love those moments for myself. I love hearing myself say, I love you. And sometimes, you know, it'll be my aunt that I haven't even spoken to, but I'm thinking of, you know, and I just go through the list and it really reminds me and have it be genuine. Don't just like say, oh, I, I love my sister because I feel like I have to say it. Find someone. And it can be for a reason that was small that day. And then another one is just, you know, someone that's in front of you in a line, let's say. I really dare people because I think, again, everything's a dare to our soul. You know, I dare you to, to compliment them, but you have to say, you know, I love something about that you see them like oh my god like i love i love my favorite one i remember when i used to, i had to tell people like i love the way you smell oh my god i love what are you wearing or i'll just like find things you know and i think we hoard compliments and so it disconnects us from people if you see something that you love and, he and hear yourself say it we wait to say those words until we find someone be expressing love all the time and it won't feel like such a risk you know, so I would say those two assignments. I love it. I love it. And you can't even do it to yourself because we are looking for validation in others. So if you feel that you like the way you look, and those that know me, I'm like known for that. I was like, damn, I look good. You validate yourself. You give yourself a pep talk. You are giving yourself the validation that you are desiring in others people in others so do it to yourself do it to others and i believe that 
it will be life-changing and it will stress you, right? This is so powerful. Did you ever get to the root of where your pattern started? Yeah, um, I'd say that uh, with an eating disorder, you know, mm -hmm. or where I was when I first was depressed and lost my first, you know, relationship that, um, that ended up sending me into what I saw at the time, you know, as an eating disorder, I looked at it as a direct correlation. So whenever I thought that I was going to be betraying myself, or if I was going to be experiencing loneliness and therefore end up betraying myself because I couldn't handle being alone with myself, I wouldn't end up looking for a relationship to save me because I thought that I would never betray my body or end up emaciated if there was a person in my life that um, I was going to have to look desirable for, which was a total lie. You know, when I've been in the uh, wrong relationships I, or there, I feel like they're withholding, I end up withholding food from myself. So that's, that's where I'm. Wow. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for your time, your love and your heart. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I truly hope that this podcast was of service to you and that you were able to reconnect to your essence and parts of yourself you forgotten existed. Yes, that you were able to shift from heartbreak to ecstasy. It is such an honor to be part of your journey. If you love what we shared, if you learned something amazing, I will ask that you please share with the woman in your life that you subscribe and or leave a comment that would help us reach more women and have a greater impact. Thank you.